You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hey, this is Mr. Grant, and you are listening to the World Pro Wrestling Network. This is a review for the 2018 Royal Rumble, which, of course, normally would not be a big factor on a channel titled the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. But, seeing that the uh, first ever Women's Royal Rumble has taken place, and not only did it take place, but it took place as the main event of the night, uh, it bears review. I don't think there's there's any real doubt to that. Um, of course, before I go on, uh, there, there will be a brief recap in, uh, to the matches that uh, took place preceding that. If you haven't watched it, I'll suggest that you go on to the network and take a look at it. I'm assuming that if you are listening to this, you are just wanting to hear other opinions. And, of course, as I am uh, interested in hearing yours, so if you um, have any opinion about the, the matches that took place, uh, specifically the Women's Rumble and the uh, events that took place in and after it, uh, please leave them uh, on whatever platform you happen to be. You can drop that on uh, our Facebook page, which is Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word. If you haven't uh, liked that yet, please do. You can follow us on uh, WPN Wrestling. That's WPN Wrestling. That's on Twitter and Instagram and WPNWrestling.com as our uh, website. And of course, uh, one of our major platforms, YouTube, Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word here. Uh, if you have not subscribed to that channel or wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, whether that be TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. If you haven't subscribed on your preferred venue, then uh, please do that as well because those subscriptions help uh, take up our ratings, much like leaving a five-star rating on, uh, on iTunes. That helps keep everything up and moving along, and, uh, you know, we need that. It's always, always a, always a big plus for people that's on the outside looking in that that say that, uh, hey, that's a good, good show, and uh, whatever reviews, whatever ratings, whatever subscriptions that you can fire out there is much appreciated. Also, uh, to be announced before I go into the depth of the review is that uh, the Women's Pressing Network is now a sponsorship partner to Collar and Elbow Brand. I'm sure by this point in time you've had to have heard of, if you're a wrestling fan, the Collar Noble brand, which is brought to you by Al Snow. And if you haven't uh, seen any of the merchandise, you should go over to CollarNobleBrand.com and uh, check that out. Links are in the description of this podcast below. And if you are wanting to get some of the attire of Collar and Elbow brand, then you can use 
our code WPN Russell. That is WPN Russell. And you will be able to go and get 10% off of any item purchased. So you just uh, make sure you toss that code in there if you want to save a little bit of money on a nice shirt. If you perhaps want the uh, Windy City shirt, wink, wink, which is a little nod towards the CM Punk uh, logo that he had back in WWE. Of course, you know, they can't say a CM Punk, so we just call it Windy City. Uh, maybe the, maybe you like the uh, Pro Wrestling Magazine logo that they have going on there. That's for you old schoolers out there that remember the Pro Wrestling Mags. I mean, it's online now, a lot, lot more online than it is a in-print magazine. So uh, you might might want that, or maybe the Army T. They have some of those out there. I mean, they they got a a, a slew of st- shirts that's going on there. I was, they also got some um, uh, signature brands that's been. Popping up lately, uh, the Good Brothers. We know Anderson Gallows, who have been representing the Good Brothers. That might be one that you want to take a look at, or perhaps the Hurricane. You know, just just any number. Of, just just go through and browse through their attire, the hoodies, the the uh, stickers, the the beanies, the shirts, just up and down. But when you do that, when you decide to make that trip over to their page, when you decide to pick up that shirt, save yourself a little bit. Use our code WPN Russell, all one word, and uh, get that ten percent off. And you know that that of course helps out the show a lot. So if you're going to make the purchase, make the purchase with us, and use all the links that we have below. Even even the Amazon link. If you're going to jump on and buy something off of Amazon, go use our link that we leave in the description, and that'll uh, give a little kickback towards the show. Because believe me, you know having things like hard drives and cameras and maintenance and whatnot cost a little bit and all the kickback that you've given so far has been very useful has always uh helped out anyway uh enough of that we're going to go right off into the the bulk of the the podcast and that would be the royal rumble itself as i'm sure that you've already taken a look at so we're going to breeze through some of these in route of the the final thing because i don't, I don't want to spend exceptionally long on it we know uh with the kickoff show, we had the revival go over on Gallows and Anderson, which seeing that the revival lost already on the um, the Raw 25th anniversary, the much criticized Raw 25th anniversary, uh, it's not a surprise that the revival would win here at, after the beating they, they suffered Monday night. Uh, Bobby Roode's open challenge was answered by Mojo Raleigh. Rude retains the United States Championship. Uh, <clears throat> the WWE Championship, AJ Styles, he retains, which, of course, plays into the win of the male Royal Rumble later on. Uh, for those of you who watch wrestling outside of the WWE, that is. Uh, following the championship match there, we got a tag team championship match with the Usos, Retaining against the team of Gable and Benjamin, or as uh, I think they were called, uh, American Alpha 2.0, <laughs> which is you know which is really funny. I mean you know I, I'm not even sure other than to get Shelton Benjamin a slot in the company. I'm not really sure why they broke up American Alpha to begin with, just so they can reform some variation of American Alpha, which is essentially what that is. But Still, it's fun. 
not going to go very deep into um, the male Royal Rumble again, uh, other than to say, look, it's Philly. It was in Philly, and it came down to Nakamura and Reigns. And you have to imagine having Shinsuke go over on Reigns was, was uh, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion. We'll just say the smarter choice. Uh, having Roman win in that building again would, would probably have been death. But uh, I think we can all agree that Roman Reigns is earmarked for the win at the Elimination Chamber. It is already announced it's a Raw uh, exclusive pay-per-view. So we know that he's going to be in it. He's a main event guy. And, and, and barring some sort of unforeseen injury or something like that, which which has been plaguing the WWE recently, barring something like that, uh, I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to be entered into it and he's not going to win. But but that's neither here nor there because that hasn't happened yet. Shinsuke is the winner of the uh, Royal Rumble, which, again, like I said, plays into the entire thing with uh, AJ Styles winning because I know it's certain podcasts out there who is going to be very – or who is very happy that Shinsuke won. It makes, it makes his prediction have come true. That means that potentially now you have a Nakamura-Styles return match at uh, – WrestleMania, they've already had this thing take place at Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. So now, uh, opposed to having it done on Nakamura's home turf, you can have AJ Styles now doing it on his and as the WWE champion. So, you know, <laughs> bravo there. That that's a that's a big 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 deal for him. And uh, it may be, uh, you know, maybe um, I shouldn't get ahead of myself and say it may be a, the biggest win of his career, but it might be a big thing for him to uh, go over on Shinsuke, but I'm not not sure that that's going to happen Shinsuke. This might be the, the big win that Shinsuke's needed because he, he hasn't done exceptionally well, except, you know, when we consider those chases that he's had after uh, Jinder Mahal for the championship and failing in spectacular fashion on each try, so maybe, maybe it's been held out for this uh, this WrestleMania victory. Uh, <clears throat> no big surprise that um, Brock Lesnar retains the um, uh, Universal Championship. I don't think that, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I skipped over one. The Bard defeated uh, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan to win the Tag Team Championships, so... They have uh, done it again. They had the bar of uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. They have gone back and become tag team champions. And they uh, continue to use the Ford logo that, or the Ford model that they aren't the bar. They don't raise the bar. They are the bar. So, I don't know. Uh, now, getting back to what I was saying, the Universal Championship, no big surprise. Brock Lesnar retains there, and no, and a, even less of a surprise that Kane was the one that ate the fall. You know Braun Strowman wasn't going to take it again. I mean, Brock already beat him once. Uh, and, and the only purpose behind having that three-way there is to make sure that um, both of these guys remain strong. So we need a third person in here that can eat this fall. <laughs> I don't think that anybody in there actually thought that Kane was going to be the one that walked out of this thing as the winner. So, 
No. He, uh, Braun Strowman remains strong, slamming people around, doing what Braun Strowman does, being the monster among men. And uh, Brock Lesnar got to remain the beast. He he was strong as well, beating up on uh, his opponents. And that was that. He he finally scored the uh, victory off on uh, on Kane. Strowman gets in there and he says, you didn't beat me. So, I mean, we, we know how that works. And then we move on. Which was, I will say this, um, if you're not aware, I uh, I actually am an overnight worker, you know, in my shoot job, as they say. And I, I was sleep through a good chunk of this. So I started watching uh, a lot of this late. I just, you know, when, when these pay-per-views come on, on WWE Network or what, what have you, I just go on kind of a, a social media blackout so that I don't, I don't get any of the information. And then I start watching it. So I was legitimately shocked because I, uh, I I woke up with my tablet on and just looked at the time. I was like, holy crap, the uh, women are main eventing this thing. So I, I was legitimately surprised that they were going to be closing out the show. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, that had to have been one of the smartest things that they could do because even if they decided that uh, they were going to do something stupid, in the male Royal Rumble version. By the time he got to the main event, which would have been this, it would have essentially wiped the taste out of everybody's mouth, in large part because you would have had the uh, championship match buffering that, and then you would have gone on to the Royal Rumble match with the women. And there is no Roman Reigns equivalent in the women's match. There is nobody that exists in the women's roster that they dislike so much that they would have had a problem with winning the match. I mean, other than, I don't know. And and this is a real long shot. Like, say Dana Brooke won. You know, that that's probably about as close as you can. And even then, I'm not sure if they would have gone to pieces over it. Uh, you know, I, I can almost guarantee if that had happened, they'd have found some way to get that thing off of her, the, the championship match off of her and transfer it to somebody else or something like that. But anyway, um, that's that's uh, another issue. So I thought it was really smart for them to position it as it is. I also heard and read from uh, several people who were concerned about, oh, Steph, here comes Stephanie McMahon at ringside. Uh, again, if you haven't watched it, Stephanie was part of the commentary for the Women's Rumble. And, or, well, it, they, let me correct that. They announced that ahead of the um, of the match itself. So people knew going into it that Stephanie was going to be part of the commentary team. And immediately, of course, that drew some negative reaction. And I can understand it because you didn't want, the character of Stephanie McMahon, the boss to come out there and, you know, the Queen Bee and all that stuff and to be flaunting her weight around, doing the stuff that Stephanie's done for like the last five, six, seven years, smacking people in the face and all that stuff like that without any any sort of repercussion onto her because that's what Stephanie McMahon does. Well, I can say that that wasn't the case tonight. Surprisingly, that was not the case tonight. Uh, I was I was questioning it myself, as were a lot of people on Twitter and so on and so forth, uh, especially when I saw her coming down the ringside. But the first thing I noticed that she was shaking hands with the fans and smiling and, and you know greeting people and whatnot. So I mean, my hope went up right there. And then when she sat down at the table and she started doing the commentary, 
I was pleasantly surprised. I had no problem with uh, Stephanie as a commentator throughout this show, largely because, as I just said, the character of Stephanie McMahon, the boss, took a back seat. She didn't bring that out. She was Stephanie McMahon's CEO. It, and, you know, I, I'm not going to be, you know, foolish enough to say it, it was the real Stephanie McMahon, but it probably was as close to the person, Stephanie McMahon, that, as we were going to get. It was babyface Stephanie. That, that's about pretty much the way you could do it. And she didn't step on the toes of Michael Cole and Corey Graves as they were doing it. She's essentially Booker T. Left, and she came in and, and took his spot. And she called the match, and it was about as straight as you could be. I mean, and her job there seemingly was just to kind of add a little praise and, hey, this is our moment. We're, I'm, I'm proud of these ladies, and you know, and 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 point out little things that maybe some of us didn't know. I mean, she talked about how much Mandy Rose can bench and uh, the names that were on Lita's arm and, you know, just just little nuances in there, which I thought was a nice touch. And, you know, give credit where credit is due. Like I said, she did not overstep bounds that she could have easily overdone because, you know, who's going to stop her? She, other than Vince McMahon, nobody there can really say, hey, shut up and let us do our job. You know, they're going to they're gonna kowtow to her, but that wasn't necessary. Michael Cole, Corey Graves, they, they both did a good job in the, in the women's match, as did the women themselves, and I'll get to that. But Stephanie was not a hindrance. I thought she, she did fine, and uh, it, it, was, it was easily digestible. It would be unfair of me before going into the review of the Rumble itself not to bring up that uh, as much as I liked the women's Royal Rumble, and I did, I think you have to point out that it is not entirely unique onto itself. Uh, it's not the first women's rumble that I've seen, and I'm sure some of you out there, the, those of you that frequent the independent women wrestling shows know what I'm talking about. A number of women's wrestling variations of Royal Rumbles have existed uh, all across the indies uh, for a number of years. And I would even say, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Impact Wrestling even, well, I'm not even going to say if I remember, now that I'm saying it, I know that they did. They had their own version of it, you know, the gauntlet for the gold and whatnot. Uh, so these, these things have all kind of taken place uh, in various locations and with various women, with, you know, maybe minor changes to the rules, but it's all been there. Uh, I bring that up to say this in the same way that I talked about the Mae Young Classic. Like, you know, this isn't a unique unto itself, but the one thing that the WWE is going to do that all of these places that have tried and done some variation of it, the independence, which, you know, I've seen some online. I've been some in person. I've seen it at Impact Wrestling. You know, I've, I've seen many, many, many different uh, variations of that. The one thing that the WWE is going to do that the rest of them just simply cannot compete with is that they're going to break out all the stops. And that's exactly what they did. They broke out all the stops they, and to make this look, sound, taste, feel like a big deal. First thing, as we just said, Stephanie Mann coming out at ringside, doing adding herself to the commentary and calling it straight, not calling it as a character who I hate these girls and none of them can hold a candle to me and this, that, and the other. She was she was as, as babyface as you could be. Maria Menounos, 
essentially stepping in as a celebrity uh, ring announcer of sorts. So she came in and took the took the mic from JoJo and and announced in some of the the ladies uh, having both brand champions sit ringside. Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss both coming out and. Uh, sitting there front row to the action that took place. And they did everything that you would expect and want out of any Royal Rumble. They, when they said they weren't going to change the rules, they didn't change the rules. And I think they deserve uh, great credit for that. They, they came in at 90-second intervals opposed to the full two minutes that you know sometimes we've been kind of used to. Uh, but... We had that, and we had the general spots that you get out of a Royal Rumble. Those the, the spots that you get out of any year of any Royal Rumble are as follows. You have to have the all-timer of the match, the person that comes in and the early number and lasts the longest. You have to have the giant or monster spot in the match, usually uh, originated well by Andre the Giant, usually fulfilled over the last couple of years by the Big Show or Kane, uh, most recently, has been fulfilled by Braun Strowman, but the, you have the big person that comes in there that it requires all our power and collective effort and forces to be able to take take out because they're the biggest threat available. And uh, you have the, I was going to say celebrity, but it's not really a celebrity. We, we call it the legend spot. The legend spot is there basically for Hey, somebody we you know we recognize from years ago, and then you know once their music hits, it's a big pop for the crowd. And, oh man, I haven't seen them forever, and they get to come in, they get to do some cool stuff, and then they go out. That's that's basically the the three major spots that we have per any Royal Rumble. The women's match did not uh, exclude those, and they incorporated it as well as anybody else. So we have coming in at number one and two, representing the four horsewomen, uh, Sasha Banks, who drew number one, not a big surprise, at least not for me, and Becky Lynch, who uh, came in following her. So that, that, was, uh, that was nice that, that your history makers, or at least arguably the girls who helped kind of push this whole narrative of the women's evolution kicking it off. We already got one at ringside, but now we got Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch coming into the actual match and kind of pushing along. And I'm not going to bring up everybody that was in uh, per every single slot. That that would take too long. But we, but needless to say, we had representatives of Absolution. We had representatives of the Riot Squad. We had you know a lot of the girls from. Uh, both SmackDown and Raw, but we also had uh, our, our uh, legend spots, the first of which was Lita. And, you know, once that music hit, that crowd stood. And <clears throat> I would say that why, once you got to, say, the ninth entrant, which is Tori Wilson, by the way, it was no longer a real secret, with the exception of one or two other people. It was no longer a real secret. I was like, who's going to be into this thing? Because a lot of, you know, the faces that I saw showing up were the ones that I saw on the Raw 25th anniversary a week ago. So, you know, if you saw them on that stage, 
there was a good chance that they were going to show up in this match. So, so we moved on with that. Uh, it was nice to see Lita coming in. It was great to see Kari Zane show up there, and she showed up with her pirate music, which was which was nice. And she came in and she did the clean house spot and walked the plank and dropped the insane elbow, although they called it something else. I can't remember right now. Uh, Tamina Snooker uh, kind of came in and went out. You know, I, I don't know what to say about her anymore. I think. I pretty much have lost all hope for Tamina Snooker at, at this stage of the game. I don't, I don't think her ever winning the championship is uh, in the cards. And, you know, all due respect to, to her. Uh, we had Tori Wilson come in at number nine. So that was a uh, another Legends pop, which uh, she looked great. You know, Tori was never a exceptional wrestler for me, but she, she looked fantastic. She does her her yoga thing, and she's still in really good shape. And so uh, it was it was nice to see her out there doing her, her deal. And she got an elimination off. So, you know, bravo to her. Um, Molly Holly, she she also made an appearance out there, which was uh, cool to see her. And she, she got to break out the uh, Molly go-round off of the top rope. I'm sure uh, Sasha Banks was – very giving in letting her uh, put that out there. Sasha, by the way, was the number one entrant and still hanging on. Uh, Lana uh, came out to an ovation chant of Rusev Day. Even though at some point in the match she started yelling, is is my day to the, the girls in the ring. After, after she took a complete beating from uh, DeVille and, and Morgan, I believe, uh, representatives of absolution and the riot squad uh so lana lana's uh tenure in there wasn't all that long the one person that i that i personally kind of popped for and uh I, you know i, I have to admit because i had been a kind of a fan of hers for some years was michelle mccool uh seeing her pop up in the ring and doing as well as she did i i was you know i was really enjoying that and i i want i so wanted her to get down to the final four I wanted McCool to get down to the Final Four. And if, if for nothing else, once I saw her show up in there, I said, Trish Stratus is going to appear here somewhere at in this match. That, that's just a given. And in my mind, it's like she she has to show up. And I never got the chance to see that that real one-on-one confrontation between McCool and, and Stratus. Yeah, we got the WrestleMania match and a little bit of the feuding that they had between Flawless and the uh, Brunette Mafia, as they called it at the time, with uh, Trish Stratus and, and Snooki. If you can believe that, I mean, that, that's that's hard for me even to even say. And, uh, yeah, I was I was at that WrestleMania when they had the, the six-person tag with uh, McCool and Trish Stratus on opposite sides of the ring, but we never really got that, that big – confrontation it would have been nice to have seen that but McCool came in and started cleaning house she, she was uh, like one of the first people in there that kind of was tossing people out just left and right I, I believe she got somewhere up into the nature of five eliminations before she actually went out over the top which which broke my heart by the way I, I, I was a little disappointed to see that Michelle went out. And, and, you know, now that I think about it, she may have had the single most amount of eliminations that night. So, you know, how about that? Uh, anyway, uh, Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero also made a, an appearance. And, and we, 
And you know what? Now that I think about it, I forgot that that was one spot that uh that was not mentioned, and it's the comedy spot and the Kofi Kingston "How Can I Get Out of Trouble" spot. Those those are two other things that we and I forgot the Kofi spot because because it, it had been essentially a, a act designed built around and centered for Kofi Kingston. He's been doing it every, almost every Royal Rumble that he's been in. He's found some kind of way to avoid elimination, only to be eliminated like you know two minutes later. But that those those are two other spots. You got the comedy and you got that. So so we got the five spots of the Royal Rumble, which. Here again, they, they found some way to work into. So you got a double hitter with, with Vicky Guerrero walking out there being the legend and also essentially doing the comedy. She's screaming on the microphone, excuse me. Uh, she was a surprise because I, I wasn't expecting her at all. In fact, um, the last time I had seen or heard anything about her, Soraya Knight had announced that Vicky Guerrero had agreed to come and I think be the GM for uh, one of their events. So that that was the last real note of Vicky Guerrero that I had seen. But she comes out there and she she is just yelling at all of us. There's about four girls left in, t- in the ring at that time. <clears throat> and uh, she's giving them the, the what for just until she realizes that she's actually united them all against them against her and they forcibly send her out of the ring with uh you know big you know kicking and screaming onto the floor thinking mccool lynch uh banks and ruby riot all kind of throw her out of the top rope so that that was your ha-ha moment of the night although vicky did get one additional shot in on carmella as carmella comes out to the ring, she starts moonwalking, and Guerrero grabs that briefcase and just whops her with it, leaves her out on the floor. And that leads to opening for Natalia, who's who's the next person following that, and drops her jacket essentially on uh, Carmella's body, her her prone dead body. She she's uh, she's done with that. Uh, so we got a few more um, legend spots. Kelly Kelly shows up. Jacqueline shows up. Uh, I mentioned earlier Kari Sane, and I forgot to say that you know that that was our our NXT reference of the night. But we also got another NXT reference of the night, which was surprising. Ember Moon, the NXT Women's Champion, comes out there with the belt in hand and enters into the match, which I thought was uh, a really cool spot for her to have because hey, you know, if you're the NXT Women's Champion, why not get into the Royal Rumble if if you had the opportunity to do it and you know, potentially go into WrestleMania champion versus champion. I mean, we've essentially had, you know, that match take place on a Monday Night Raw when Paige appeared. You know, she was the NXT champion at the time, and she beat the then Divas champion, AJ Lee, to become it. I mean, it was a it was a nothing match. I mean, it was a good moment. It was a cool moment. But the match was really, you know, wasn't no big deal in and of itself. They were going to have better matches, but I mean, it could have been a, it could have been a cool little thing to have uh, Ember Moon win and go on. <clears throat> uh, she got to uh, interact with people that she, uh, more specifically Oscar, who would come on come into the match later on. She got to interact with her, who who we haven't seen those two cross paths in a long time. 
Um, and now we were getting up to the uh, the high ranking numbers, which of course is always the the big spots of the night. Uh, Beth Phoenix, who I, I was I was happy to see her too, and she she still looks phenomenal. Uh, came in, and I mean you could tell that she has uh, another person who has worked out and kept herself in shape even after becoming a mom. You know she she's still doing her deal, uh, and she had her. Muscle versus giant moment with uh, Nia Jax. And we had a reunion of sorts of the uh, Divas of Doom. Natalia and Beth Phoenix, who, who had been running partners back in the day, uh, they they did a spot where they essentially got Nia Jax out of the ring. They didn't eliminate her, but they more or less shoved her out. Which... Beth and uh, Natalia, you know, Beth like gives her this great big hug, and you know, she looks like she I haven't seen you in forever, and you know, she she looks legitimately like she loves the fact that they got the chance to do something again just one more time, and then Natalia just took that away from her and tossed her out of the top rope. So you know, it, it felt like it was that that whole point of I'm you know I'm the top chick here now, get out. Uh, Mickey James, of course, she comes out there and, and she she has a, a late spot. She's at number twenty six. We got the Bella Twins coming in at twenty seven and twenty eight. <clears throat> uh, Bailey, who came in at number twenty nine, and the thirty spot was Trish Stratus. She had the best pick of the night, and I was you know convinced there for a little while that Trish was going to win this thing. I was like, man, you know, they gave her the thirty spot, and you know she's she's hanging on here. She's getting down to the to the final run, uh, but no, it, it, it didn't happen. Uh, Sasha Banks, who had held on until the last four women in the ring, got rid of Trish Stratus, she, and she got it. She had her moment with Trish also. This probably was the night of nights for Sasha Banks because she got to interact with almost every, every legend that she grew up watching on TV, she interacted with Molly Holly. She interacted with Lita. She interacted with Trish. She interacted with Michelle McCool. She was there face-to-face with all of them, even if it was just briefly. And she got up in Trish's face like, this is my place. Now, I'm the boss here. And uh, they had that moment. Trish gave her uh, the the uh, old boss treatment she did what Sasha Banks does. Got a, got a rise out of the crowd. And she was about to break her off with the Stratisfaction Bulldog springboard. But, uh... Sasha Banks, as wild as she is, shoved her over the top rope instead of letting her springboard it, and she went out to the floor, and uh, Sasha would continue on. So now we're down to the Bellas and Sasha Banks and Asuka. Asuka's hung on here. All the other girls I'm talking about, that I was talking about were eliminated earlier, Bailey, and and I think Bailey was eliminated by, by Sasha Banks also. Um... <clears throat> Well, I'm not, no, you know what? Actually, I might be wrong about that. I'm sorry. I'm just getting getting off of. It. But anyway, uh, so we get down to the final four. That that's the important part. She this, Bailey was in, eliminated by. Um, da, da, da. Uh, you know, it, it's probably it'll come back to me a, a little bit later on. It, it might have been Sasha Banks, but don't quote me on that. I have to go back and watch it. Uh, so we down to the final four: the Bellas, uh, Sasha Banks, Oscar. And for a moment, when we we got uh, Oscar and Banks, they come face to face in the ring. They are uh, looking like they're about to square off, but then they turn their attentions towards the Bella Twins. Uh, 
It's like Sasha tells, hey, look, you know, we can sell this between us two after we get rid of them. But just before they get ready to attack the, the Bellas, Sasha turns on them. So in, in the base of this match, even though she's still a popular girl, Sasha was breaking out some of that heel boss tactic. And she puts Oscar down, and the three of them jump all over Oscar. And they get up in the corner, and we know that Sasha's setting Oscar up for that uh, that elevator drop when she did the double knees down to the midsection. Uh, she's she's smacking Oscar in the face. She's like, "I'm ready, ready for Oscar." You know, yelling at her like that. And as soon as she jumps up to do it, both Bella twins scoop in underneath her and toss her out of the ring, over the top rope, out to the floor. And the look on Sasha's face just said it all. It's like, "I don't believe this." And she went number one right past number 30 and was so close to winning it. And, you know, she just bit the dust. So now you got the Bella Twins who are doing the Bella Twins stuff. Both of them are holding the big, they hold that big L. And to quote the, the New Day, take this L. They they gave the L to the Sasha Bank. They called it a loser. So now we got the Bellas and we got Oscar and they are – Still trying to get her out of the ring. Now, although the Bellas are two-on-one, so they take control. But we have another Royal Rumble moment, and it is Nikki who eliminates her own sister, Brie. <laughs> Brie gets turned on, and she gets eliminated, and now Nikki says, hey, is is my time. And I got to say, I enjoyed this Royal Rumble, if for no other reason than moments like that, because it did feel, you know, that, that every – woman for herself, every person for herself. And I thought that this Royal Rumble was done right. And again, you didn't have that whole cloud hanging over it of of a Roman Reigns type individual where people were going to crap on it. Everybody was sitting there and just enjoying the show. That That is the most important part of They sat there and they enjoyed the show. Everything just felt pure. felt like a good wrestling show. So anyway, you're down to Nikki Bella versus Oscar. And Nikki's doing a really good job. I mean, she's uh, got, I had to give her credit, hoisting Oscar up, walking over to the ropes. And uh, I didn't think that she was going to win, but she certainly painted the picture that Nikki could take this thing. She gets her out over the, over the top rope, but Oscar doesn't go to the floor. Nikki tries to charge in, but she gets caught coming on the way back. Oscar catches it and hooks her leg around the throat of Nikki Bella and and what Michael Cole and I agree called a unique elimination from Oscar and it was I mean she's having that leg hook around the throat of Nikki I mean I thought she was gonna take her right over and out just with that alone but uh, it took a little bit more she got her out to the apron and then she was able to kick her off from that point and so there we have it Oscar became the winner of the first ever. Women's Royal Rumble. So there can be a next, but there can never be another first. Asuka will continue, and she will go down in history as the first ever Women's Royal Rumble winner. And as that happens, we have both champions, Charlotte Flair and and Alexa Bliss, walk into the ring. In between them, Asuka stands looking at them both saying, well, she didn't really say anything, but... Just kind of looking them over, man, because the decision isn't going to be made today, or at least it wasn't made tonight, you know, that she was going to uh, uh, make that decision a little bit later on, apparently. <laughs> and just as that was going on, I guess the, the big surprise and maybe the confusing 
aspect of it. And, I, and you got to know that they did this solely so they can make people tune in to Raw uh, Monday night. Uh, the music of the newest WWE signee begins to play. Ronda Rousey, sporting a very hot rod-esque look, comes out to ringside. She's got the leather jacket like Roddy Piper. She's got the Roddy Piper shirt with the Roddy, with the hot rod front and the, breaking out the jeans. Now, you know, of course, she asked him well before he passed away, you know, about using the name Rowdy R- Ronda Rousey. So apparently the WWE is kind of pushing that whole narrative that she – she is, uh, I guess, the successor to that that title, and and I don't know if, how much she's got involved in her look and the shirts and whatnot, but there she is. So you got two of the MMA Four Horsemen as as full time signees to the WWE based on NXT. Rousey on the uh, on the main roster. She skips right over that, and she comes out the ringside. And she goes into the ring with uh, a Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka waiting. And she looks at him, and she she stares off against Asuka, who's just won the the Rumble. And this is the spot that I love the most. She extends, she slowly extends her hand out to Asuka. Asuka slowly extends her hand back, and just before she touches the hand to shake it to run around, she slaps it away. Asuka does. Oscar has been walking a fine line of babyface heels since she got there, and she has not changed, and I love it. I love it. I love that she didn't change it, and I love the fact that having a Ronda Rousey there didn't mean jack shit, <laughs> you know, for for her. It didn't, it didn't mean anything. She, she just smacked it away and, and just kind of gave her that Oscar stare. Now, I will say – before it goes any further, I do not think Ronda Rousey should be beating Oscar. I don't. I mean, I'm going to just put that out to the universe right now. If they do have Ronda Russell against Oscar, she should not be the one to take that victory away. She shouldn't be the one to be the first one to to pin or make Oscar tap or submit or whatever. I I don't. I just don't feel like that. MMA aficionados that I kind of hang out with and talk with will tell you. That Rousey is not a good striker, which is why she's not doing that right now. She was a great grappler uh, with her I think, uh, judo background. But uh, her inability to fight a fight, uh, punching-wise or striking with kicks or any strikes whatsoever, her inability to do that is what cost her her last two major fights, Holmes and uh, Nunez. Uh, so I say that to say this, that within the kayfabe universe of the wwe if we were going to base it off of that logic oscar's as good a challenger for rousey as anybody because <laughs> oscar is a striker and why you know rousey may not be able to or shouldn't be able to handle that but anyway that that's that's predictions for another day i shouldn't go off of that uh we had the stare down between uh, Rousey and and uh, Charlotte Flair. Alexa Bliss felt like kind of a, a lost thought in this whole process because even before Rousey got out there, the the thing that fans were chanting for, they were chanting, woo, they were doing that whole thing when they saw Oscar and Flair. They were looking at that as the potential match. I mean, we've already seen Oscar tap Alexa Bliss out. 
we, we've already caught that match on the Monday Night Raw. So the, the intrigue was Asuka and Charlotte, which intrigues me because they haven't had that confrontation. They haven't got the chance to go up against each other. And quite frankly, the two of them up, up against each other at a WrestleMania very well could be a headline match. I mean, that, that could close out the show. I, I, I'll go on record to say that right now. Oscar and Flair could, Oscar and Charlotte Flair could close out a WrestleMania. And then, you know, Charlotte would have succeeded in accomplishing her goal. She said, hey, I want to, I want a main event WrestleMania. Well, that could do it. That, that could easily do it, in my view. Uh, but uh, like I said, Alexa felt like a little bit of a lost thought. And then, you know, once uh, Rousey came out the ringside, then here again, it was, Rousey addressing Oscar. It was Rousey staring down uh, Charlotte Flair. Alexa was there, but I don't. But we didn't. You know, it didn't feel as if she was a factor within that combination. The things that people wanted to see, or the combination of matches that they wanted to see, right there was either Rousey versus Oscar, Rousey versus Flair, or Flair versus versus Oscar, Flair versus Rousey. One one of those combinations it didn't feel like Bliss was a uh, was a, a factor in that. Leave your your comments about that. I mean, is that something that you wanted to see? That's what I want to know. I want. I, were you even concerned with like does Rousey Bliss even excite you at all? Does that does that make you feel like a match you want to see? In any case, Rousey gets out of the ring. She goes around ringside. She's clearly working the babyface thing, and she goes over to Stephanie McMahon. Who, you know, they've already had that confrontation out of WrestleMania, but Rousey extends her hand and cautiously Stephanie shakes her hand back. So we don't have the same kind of exchange that we had with Oscar, but it was a great debut. They, they brought Rousey out. I think uh, we've closed one chapter of, of Rousey's life with the UFC. She was one of the biggest money draws of uh, the mixed martial arts world, and now she has stepped into... The WWE, the biggest wrestling platform in the world today. So she's gone from one big money platform to another, much the same way that Brock Lesnar has done and in some cases has continued to do right up until his last fight. Uh, so time will tell. Time will tell what uh, will happen with Rousey and how good she is. We've seen how good Baszler is. I mean, Baszler isn't a, a perfect wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, but she gets it. She has um, she has an awesome presence, uh, and she has done something that Rousey has not done. She was willing to start over. Baszler went down to the independents from a, a top-ranked MMA position, so to speak, and she came down and she worked independent. She worked around the world. Now, her name did get her more money than most other people, and it got her... Uh, probably better matches, but she she got to work and learn from some of the best female wrestlers out there in on the circuit. I mean, we're talking from from your Chili to Melissa's to uh, you know your, your your girls in Stardom to uh, <coughs> uh, Mercedes Martinez, uh, the girls in Shine. I mean, she she's done it. She she's gone all around the world. You know, starting over from scratch. I mean, we got to remember, Bez is only about two years in in a pro wrestling career. Rousey's a lot less than that. Rousey's only like, uh, I mean, technically she hadn't even begun. <laughs> She's trained, 
but she, you know, she hasn't really even started doing her wrestling deal just yet. So it'd be interesting to see how how well she does because she's getting fast tracked. She's getting fast tracked right on up to the top. So I will be tuning in on Monday night to see if uh, what the world is going to hear from Ronda Rousey and. And like I said, that was, you know, we all have to know that was the whole reason that she came out here and now on the Royal Rumble show in Philly. And, you know, with this huge debut, we we know now that uh, she is a, a signee to the WWE. And that is probably going to be all it needs to at least pop a rating for Raw tomorrow night. All right, folks, that's it. That is the review of the year. First ever Women's Royal Rumble. It was, a, it was an enjoyable show, and like I said earlier, it may have happened in many other places, but you knew that the WWE was going to break out all the stops, and that's exactly what they did. They broke out all the stops, and they gave probably the best show that they could have given uh, based on that. Uh, so, you know, it, they can't go backwards now. You've already started. They've, they've already opened Pandora's box, so I guess we got to look forward to uh, – Double Royal Rumbles from here on out. The Males Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble. So that should be interesting. And that, I guess that's the perk of having a WWE Network. You can do whatever you want. Book whatever matches you need. Uh, again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you are a uh, fan or a listener and you like what you hear on the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, uh, your support is very much appreciated, either through subscription or supporting the links that we are sponsored by that being amazon and the collar and elbow brand just use the links below and uh that will help directly through whatever purchases that you may make if you just remember if you're using the amazon link it'll go directly uh just by clicking the link and by making your purchases through that if you are doing it for collar and elbow just make sure that you use the code use wpn russell and that'll uh, fire you the 10% discount, and it'll uh, score points with us. So on that note, thanks for listening. Thanks for your uh, your time. Leave your comments below what you think about the uh, Royal Rumble or, or how you felt about the debut of Rousey or whatever. And uh, we will catch you on the next go-round. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.